Welcome to the Three Geeks Podcast. Before I bring our guests on, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everybody for tuning in on Friday and the support that's been shown throughout the podcasting community. We raised $1,600 that night towards my sister's family, and I really appreciate everybody so much. Mick, and just everybody at the Scene Snobs. We're The Scene Snobs Network is no more. We're, we're solo for right now. We're a homeless podcast. But homeless podcast. I I do have one announcement to make before I bring our guests on, and uh, I guess I can throw Max back into the chat. But ah. as of now, Hello. I am not starting a network. Hello. I am not starting a network. That but sounds terrible. With ah. that being said, I want to welcome the perfect ten to the Three Geeks podcasting channel. Oh, George G three will be joining us every. Sunday night at 9 p.m. just to broadcast his show. I love George. George has been a part of our friend podcast group since we left Redline Radio, and I'm just glad that George is becoming more involved with the community we've had, even though he's got a pretty shitty worst top or worst 10 movies of all time. I mean, Three Amigos as one of your worst films. That is weird. He has not seen enough movies, but I I'm, I am going to say we we. We need to stop adding uh, uh, shows that, that have cooler names than us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. It's cool. It's cool. He, he can come on. He just has to change the name. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, make sure your name is shittier than, than Three Geeks Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of things that are better than us, uh, Kathleen Wass is joining us on the podcast today. What's up? Arguably, you know, what can I say? I'm just awesome. <laughs> and now you guys know the truth. Three gigs did a corporate takeover of the network. Now, man, <laughs> if if Mick if Mick ever decides to go down that network path again we are first in line to be on a part of anything mick does i love mick unfortunately you're second in line i guess I gotta, than you. Uh, <laughs> a lot of psycho vibes from this podcast already this yeah is i'm not yeah. <laughs> mick's like <laughs> oh, if you look at the time I, got, I gotta get out of here i gotta <laughs> and, you know in moments My like this he's like and mail. this is why i got rid of the scene snobs you not yeah, yeah. this <laughs> i i I do unfortunately need to introduce the lesser half of pop culture addicts. That is Tim. Tim, how are you doing? Yeah. We're getting cold blooded already. We Tim, haven't even gotten yeah. into it yet. Four Jay's minutes like, in. Jay's Tim. like, here is the awesome Kathleen. We're so glad to have her. 
and she brought this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And here's some guy uh, named Tim. You know what? Yeah, at least at least like they said your name is not just like oh, and there's the other guy. Um, <laughs> the other guy. He, well, I, I, whole, I, think, I think his name's the whole lesser. <laughs> the lesser. <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> I'm only uh, yeah, yeah, emotionally compromised at the moment. Oh, poor Tim. <laughs> Tim. Tim is gonna change his name to Tog, which is just the, the other guy. <laughs> I, uh, me and Tim, if you guys don't listen to both of our shows, we have this ongoing fake feud that we do between both shows, and it's, oh, it's real. The feud is real. Fantastic. Oh, it's becoming real. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say the things you say, Jason, and not have repercussions. <laughs> both Tim and I, the feud fake. is real. Yeah. Tim and I just started our 762 chat with one another. It was fantastic yesterday. <laughs> um, as many chats as we can get in with each other, Tim and I are there. If there's a podcasting chat, Tim and I want to be a part of it. <laughs> I hope you just get a oh flurry of invites. Just like, I don't know where uh, I'm going to go to every single got... one I can find and like, and Jason. And Jason. I've got some good news. The furries are us podcast news, Jason. Oof. That's a big one for Jason, though. That's a lot of Okay, I need to be more specific. There'll be ones that I'll be avoiding to start off with. That's going to be one of them. Oh, we thought you were members of all these threats. Not, no, not yet. We're definitely going to look into it, though. Yeah, we're definitely going to. We're, we're, we're doing research. Top men yeah. <laughs> spared no expense. <laughs> and I also I just want to say one more thing before we you guys go off and do what we're gonna do today and and we have to destroy this for Dan. <laughs> Why are we um, doing this? But I, I just want to say that I think it's awesome that you're 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 being so nice to George where clearly there's an issue with his music uh movie tastes. Oh there as is was, as was demonstrated. Yeah. So I'm hoping yeah. that the perfect 10 um, over time allows him to to make it better. Actually, George, George, if you are listening, uh, please love you, buddy. Just kidding. He's great. George is great. <laughs> yes, he is. Please drop your top ten worst movies of all time in the chat so we can discuss oh them amongst ourselves. Yes, please. So that we can rip you apart. Yeah, George, don't oh, do that. If you when you're not here, you have some emotional stability. You have there's fact, some good just, movies just, in his worst top ten. Yeah, he had just drop all of your tens for us, and then then we can do <laughs> like like the the even better perfecty ten. Yes, <laughs> that, that, that even more later. perfect ten. <laughs> Thank you, John. Perfecty. It's got it's got a hyphen and an ey. Okay, so the only reason yeah, John says that he still you loves you, Tim, is he's used to being in your position. He's used to people being like, "Oh, look, it's Kathleen and John." That's true. Yeah, That's I get true. it. That's and true. some other guy. Are, we, are you different from the other other guy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, only... How many, only, how many other guys do we have? <laughs> only two or three times in our marriage has somebody actually done the... Oh, are you still married to him? Dang. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, I am. Oh, That's dang. a rough conversation. It is. That means he married up, and if they're still surprised he's hanging around, he's like, yeah, that's right. I'm still in it. Like, <laughs> you thought I'd be out by now. Exactly. <laughs> props, to, props to him. You know, I, I would take that as a compliment. I would like to say that he married up. 
<laughs> you would like to. I understand that. <laughs> you can definitely say it. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're more than welcome to say that. It has been an argument in our relationship on the, the, How I Met Your Mother talks about the fact that there's a reacher and a, and a, a settler. And mm -hmm. I always say that he's the reacher and I'm the settler. But um, he sees uh, it the other way. Well, in my marriage, I can definitely say that uh, I was the reacher. My wife totally settled for me. Um, and I I wore her down like erosion. It happened. It's a thing. So. Persistence is key. Is that what you're saying, Tiff? Yep. Hell yeah, it is. Although you gotta play the long game. That's right. We gotta we gotta give John too. we gotta give John some serious props. He did marry 13 years younger than him. That's important. I mean uh which right. now Jason you need to put John's comment up on the screen because oh, oh boy. my god. Yeah, <laughs> that's a hard conversation too. I mean, like you were—he wasn't twenty-six when you got married, was he? No. Oh god. Oh man. Yeah, it was great when I was like thirty-eight weeks pregnant, and they're like, "Oh, so you brought your daughter?" And I'm like, "That's his daughter." <laughs> not me. <laughs> so many things I want to say that I'm oh, not going man. to. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, to, to to break the ice on on uh, teen pregnancy, uh, we are. <laughs> I, got, <What? laughs> I got a new notebook. Uh, I, I know everyone calls me uh, the notebook and pen guy, so I got a new notebook uh, for my birthday. I, uh, is it and to track I, like the months of your pregnancy? Like, how does this relate back to teen pregnancy? <laughs> Oh no no! I'm, 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 I'm we're we're getting away from that. I'm oh, sorry. you're diverting it. Yeah. Yeah. No Thanks for bringing us back, yeah. Justin. I mean, because I thought I mean, you were yeah. using that as a segue. Me too. Did Max knock someone up? This is a great way to tell me. <laughs> no, oh, no, never, never, no. Why would you wish that evil on me? I There's didn't wish no, it. It just no, made it no. sound like it. Ah, don't even put that in the universe, man. Don't because a tiny it. version you know, of yourself you, is the best thing you can give to the world. I'm not crying. You're crying. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to continue saying that as I raise a tiny version of myself. The oh, best thing I've done for future generations. So, that, is, that line is such oh, a load man. of crap. I have three oh, tiny I... versions of myself running around, and it's a nightmare. Oh, I yeah. love them all dearly, but to see certain portions of my personality played out in front of me is not exactly exhilarating. I'm pretty sure that like a uh, tiny version of me is a war crime in most places. <laughs> I, I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think that that's supposed to happen. Like I would have religious people trying to kill the child. You know they're like you know demon spawn be gone. You know like no, it's uh, it's, it's not actually good. the Antichrist. It just, just everyone's yeah, speaking Latin yeah. around Max's baby. The power of Christ compels you. Uh, <laughs> Max's baby has his own uh, Jerry Goldsmith score. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of cool, but also that, that would be cool. No, but that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah, the new notebook. I got a new notebook. Notebook and pen guy. Yeah, very nice. Have you written anything in the notebook? <laughs> Flip through the pages for me. Uh, so far, all I've written on the notebook is Max, notebook, and pen guy Andrews. That's it. And, and on the inside, I, I wanna... says, Max is cool in very big letters. <laughs> I kind of want to follow uh, the progress of the notebook and pen guy just to make sure you're actually using the notebook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to use it today when we do uh, the, the remake. 
I'm just gonna make a nice. So you've done no preparation. You are going. You are going to defile your brand new notebook with a remake of Dune. No preparation. I'm just kidding. Well, he's gonna defile your remake of Dune. He's gonna glorify it. I'm gonna write all my judgments in here. All my judgments. The title page is just you frowning facing. Oh, that's unhappy. I hate Dan. <laughs> <laughs> they said how they lose. We consistently and like Dan loses. Dan loses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. I'd like to congratulate to, uh, Funny Science Fiction on their win today. <laughs> oh, shit, that was quick. <laughs> I would, I would like a uh, uh, a change of courtroom. I would like a recount. <laughs> change of venue. There you go. All right. So anyway, um, at 1 o'clock today, we are doing a remake revolution on the movie Dune. And we're going to do something a little different. Last time we did two judges, and they got to converse with one another. Today, we're not going to do that. The two judges will come on. They'll give their separate. They'll give their separate opinions. And then at the end of the four rounds, if we have ties, then we will go into the tiebreakers. So that way they can influence one another. It should be a lot of fun. But um, somebody knows what's going on because I don't. Uh, oh, we won't. We, we hold up a second. It's fine. Hold up. Hold up. Uh, four rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Five? Maybe five or six. Who did knows? you? Did you? Not may have, we may. We may not have prepared properly for this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just talk to notebook and pen down. What are, yeah, what yeah, are, really? what are four rounds? <laughs> uh, the 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 plot, the story. Okay. Dire- director, writer. Way to flip us off, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, marketing <laughs> director. Oh, so story. we're good. Okay. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay. Tim just I just misunderstood. Get... As soon as you said four rounds, I was like, hold up. No, no, no. That's not oh, what we did. Yeah. That's all one round. <laughs> then round round two is when we get in the boxing ring. <laughs> Sorry, in order to be on the podcast. <laughs> You have to have the counting of a first grader. So Tim has been put into timeout for now. Or a bass player. Super. <laughs> now he's over the there. First graders. Bass players and first graders. All right. Anyway, our guest is a little early. Yeah, so I'm going to okay. go ahead and pull him in here real quick. And we can talk about his new Kickstarter <laughs> that is coming out. How you doing, Tom? Good. Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Welcome I'm to the good. madness. Doing all right. Appreciate it. <laughs> good seeing you again, Tom. Sorry, I was trying to, I know you'd said to send you my uh, social media here, and I'm trying to kind of click on a couple of the links, and of course, it's freezing up, so. <laughs> that's, that's the way it goes, man. When you uh, want to share something important, you just it doesn't work out. Oh, wait. oh yeah. yeah timing is I never on our side, so. There we go. <laughs> but uh, you're here to promote your Kickstarter for Black Alpha. Do you want to tell us yeah. a little bit about the project? Uh, yeah, give, uh, I'll give you guys the quick elevator pitch. Uh, what if you took the Batman story, you sprinkled him in some Iron Man tech and dropped it off in the middle of Star Wars? You had me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I heard the tail end, I think, of what you guys, were you guys talking about Dune when yeah, I just yeah. signed in here yeah. about a minute or so ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be painful. That correct? Um, you're talking, are you talking about the books or the new movie? Yes. Uh, yes and yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, uh, we, we do a game on our show where uh, two teams will pitch a remake of the movie. So the two teams will be pitching a remake to the David Lynch classic. It's kind of like topical because the new one is coming out. But um, mm-hmm. were you a fan of the David Lynch film, Tom? Well, um, I was actually there opening weekend in the theater when it came out, and the entire theater was dead silent. 
almost during the entire film. And I actually sunk into my seat like I had actually made the movie myself. Um, <laughs> and uh, answer for a long winded no that I've ever heard. That's fantastic. Well, <laughs> oh, oh where'd he go? No, no, oh, we're we're gone. Gone. you know what's, you know what's Apparently, crazy about I think he disagreed with me. I think he liked it and he didn't like me saying no. <laughs> what's, what's, what's crazy about David Lynch's Dune is he chose to do that over Return of the Jedi because George Lucas wanted yeah. him to do Return of the Jedi. Thank, thank God. Well, I, I want to return it. David Lynch, I, I I'm sorry. David no. Me too. No. I do too. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm back. I want to see David Lynch's Return of the Jedi. That I mean, like there's there's gotta be no Ewoks in that one, right? Like like No, they'd just be more homicidal. <laughs> well, well they might actually have the work. Right, I'm down for that. To Man, can you imagine like, murdering yeah. everything with Ewoks? Yeah. More Ewoks. <laughs> um, yeah, if the Ewoks are a little more homicidal, I think that'd be fun. Well, the thing is, the, the David Lynch Dune, though, is I've had a love-hate relationship with it through the years, and of course, upon repeated viewings, it's kind of grown on me. Yeah. Um, I always feel like, though, that that's a, another kind of example, like kind of how Tim Burton was brought in to do the, the uh, first Batman movies that some people kind of assume, because of an auteur sort of being known for their artistic vision, that they're like a right fit for certain IP, and I feel like... Um, and there's a reason I'm bringing Dune up after I just pitched Black Alpha, by the way, um, <laughs> is because I feel like, you know, Dune, for a lot of the fans of the book, know it's such an expansive universe kind of being compared to like Tolkien's work, you know, with the Middle Earth stuff yeah. um, that that I know a lot about the world of Dune. And I feel like, you know, obviously Star Wars has been referenced for kind of being Dune light at times. Um and obviously Lucas was inspired by some of the basic, you know, flourishes and terminology and the concepts that uh, my goal with Black Alpha, the comic is to kind of make it like the Dune of the comic book world, where it's a very expansive kind of space opera story. Um, and and I, as a fan of most things pop culture all my life, I like to also do sort of a bit of a, a deeper dive study into the things I'd grown up loving and kind of wondering, besides something being awesome, why audiences uh, attach themselves to a lot of IP out there. And I do feel like in Dune's case, it's got so many multi-layers of world building that the audience can take a real deep dive into. And so with Black Alpha, that's what my hope is, is to kind of do, like I said, the comic related version of those, the, the way that the books have really kind of, you know, gained hold with an audience. Oh, absolutely. Cool. I, I, I have, um, I'm a huge David Lynch fan, but I have not been able to make it 10 minutes into the <laughs> Doom, Dune Spice my love at all. Well, it's it it yeah. <laughs> awesome. I don't, I don't understand that, dude. But whatever. <laughs> but uh, that's um, because you're, you're. Let's talk more about your stuff, Tom. Okay. Um, do you want me to give a little more history? I guess outside of Black Alpha, or what would you like to know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you were featured on Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I, uh, I drew for Marvel Comics uh, one time. I worked on Punisher 2099. Um, since nice. that time, I've worked as a concept artist for video games and film projects. Um, and in the last 10 years, especially when Facebook took off, I'd have people asking me if I would ever consider going back to trying to attempt to work for Marvel. And uh, I, I decided that if I was going to put the uh, labor-intensive time to do comic book work or sequential again, I might as well go back to my own characters and creations. And so I made a pretty conscious choice, especially over the last several years, to really, uh, I guess, promote my IP. And I have quite a few number of different ones. But Black Alpha 
is the first one. I actually created it when I was 11 years old. I was a fifth grader. Um, and it, it, uh, that was 1976. So it's actually been around one year longer than star Wars for me. And, uh, oh, wow. so I have, cool. I have a very deep attachment to, to this story in this world. And I, uh, I, I, I've repeated a number of times that I've taken what I've loved as a child. Cause my first memories of television were, uh, Batman, Spider-Man and Star Trek. Uh, when I was around four or five, my dad, Bob was stationed in Guam as a young airman. My mom, Maggie, was this awesome artist, and I picked up her drawings and tried to copy them. So I discovered, like, pop culture, uh, extreme nerddom before there was probably even such a term, and drawing right around the same time. And so uh, that kind of forged a path for the rest of my life that I was very much into uh, to nerd or genre culture. And then, uh, you know, as I started doodling and really getting into drawings and discovering comic books to go along with the TV shows... Um, I knew probably around 11 that I kind of what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, which was either be a filmmaker or draw comic books. And I figured at the time I was your pretty shy, meek, classic, shy, meek, uh, creative child um, who didn't think he could swim with the sharks of Hollywood. So I thought trying to do comics would be a little easier. That sort of turned out to not be entirely true. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's when I decided this is this is what I wanted to do. And so um with Star Trek and, and especially Batman or Spider-Man being the first things I was exposed to, exposed to, I pretty much theorized that that science fiction and superhero mythology were something I was attached to at the same time. And so Black Alpha very much, I feel, is a reflection of that. I mean, it's got all the things I love as a fan, um, takes place in space, and there's a lot of deep history and politics and space opera, you know, adventure. But I want to tell like a character piece. The lead character has an augmenting suit of armor that gives him quote unquote superpowers, kind of like Tony Stark's armor. Um, he's got a spaceship, which is kind of like the Enterprise meets the Millennium Falcon, um, you know, his base of operations and his hot ride. And uh, and it very much is a kind of a character study of the myth of exploring the hero's journey that's been referenced so much, you know, I guess in any any kind of like story that were, you know, Paul Atreides, Luke Skywalker, Peter Parker, Bruce Wayne, like every one of them has their hero's journey. And I love that kind of reflection of our culture. And so I feel like all that comes through in the character. Um, we launched a Kickstarter for it about a month ago. We're down to like the last three or four days and it was funded in the first day-ish, day and a half, um, which I'm very excited about because it's my first crowdfunder. So I definitely had the uh, the beginner's nerves of launching my first campaign because you never know how it's going to go. Obviously, anyone that's ever done a Kickstarter, it very well could not meet its funding. And so um, we're excited about that. We've actually brought in an artist, John Rossetti, who uh, worked on the Venture Brothers for Cartoon Network, and he's yeah, going to be nice. collaborating with me to uh, to do the artwork for this book. And it's uh, you know it's it's so it's no hyperbole or overstating it that this is a lifelong dream come true. Decades, decades of wanting to get this character story off the ground. So hopefully that wasn't too much of a mouthful. Oh, that's for great. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's no, great, no, that's, that's, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, so it's really cool that you kind of you know knew from a young age like this is pretty much the direction I want to go, and, and like now all this stuff is happening. So like after you know, like you said seventy six, like I, how does it feel? You know, like seeing it all happen. You know, like it's actually coming together. Like what's what's that like for you? It's still it's um, it's very surreal because, like I said, when I made the conscious effort over the last between seven to 10 years to get it out in the public eye. And when I was doing convention appearances, I switched gears from like my pedigree of my career history to say, I'm going to get new material and wondering how the audience was going to respond. So that was sort of the beginning litmus test of like really trying to get your own story out there. And 
just seeing how it was going to resonate with people. And then not too long after that, it was published in the, in the USA Today. Uh, I had stuff from it on numerous episodes of The Big Bang Theory. And then it was optioned the first of three times for TV and movie development. So there was that already kind of beginning surreal quality, <clears throat> like, you know, maybe it has some potential. And of course, uh, I've learned the hard way, especially when it comes to the Hollywood end, just because you get something optioned, there's no guarantee that it's going to be uh, made, which is what a lot of projects happens to, you know, and that's what I've still kind of currently sort of gone with the last several years. Um, I still talk to people in Hollywood about it behind the scenes, but I don't share that stuff publicly online until I know it feels like something's actually going to fall into place. So with all yeah. that being said, um, I partnered up with these uh, guys, Jack Egan and John Jones from WTF Comics. Uh, we started talking roughly about a year ago and they were asking questions probably about crowdfunding. And I had thought about doing one for years, but I was, I just wasn't able to for a number of reasons. So they came in and did the heavy lifting. Uh, I have a partnership with them. And so finally getting this Kickstarter, even out, you know, when people have mentioned it to me for years is also kind of its own exciting, surreal quality because it's those little building blocks of things kind of going towards a goal. Each one is a step from where I was at previously. And so, um, so the kid in me, you know, is always going to be kind of like if, if he could look ahead to the future and probably have a number of feelings because of how long this has taken, uh, he probably would <laughs> wring my neck, you know, like, like, why didn't you try this sooner? But I think he would also be happy because uh, the one thing I've stated, and this is what I love about the technology age, I get to meet fine folk like yourself. I get to meet fellow nerds and geeks, you know, that are passionate about all the things we've grown up with and connect that way. But also because of, you know, like a do it yourself age and having... Uh, you can get custom, you know, action figures made of your character, uh, animation, pretty much anything that all the things that I dreamt of as a kid, because I always wanted Black Alpha to be a cartoon, a toy line, a comic book. And even what we're doing now, I used to like fantasize standing around a recess going, pretending I was doing interviews for it, like I was talking mm -hmm. to some magazine. And so in a way, that's all kind of converged to the current events because of technology. And so that feels uh, amazingly wonderful. And then, uh, I guess kind of, uh, you're hoping that your work, you know, pays off, I guess, you know, cause I don't know about anyone else. I've heard this from a couple people that, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, since everything that I wanted to do literally since I was a kid, none of that left me, even as hard as trying to, you know, reach your dreams, your goals. In fact, uh, another thing I'm going to plug you real quick on a side note, I'm actually the subject of a documentary film made by a friend of mine, Callan. Hi, he just graduated film school and he won awards. We started filming this about a year and a half ago and what the story is about is somebody my age and i don't care how old people i'm 55 and i'm still trying to hang in here achieving goals that i've had since i was a child and having a lot of disappointments along the way you know i wanted to draw for marvel comics i made marvel comics happen uh i've wanted black alpha to be a cartoon and toy and i'm kind of in the midst of making those happen but there's been a lot of <clears throat> you know struggles behind the scenes and then i'm also the i'm also a new dad at my age i have a three-year-old daughter and trying to navigate holding on to your dreams, making things happen and still kind of navigate my role as a new father. And so um, those are some of the things I've mentioned in the documentary. <clears throat> Got the frog in the throat moment here. Um, excuse me. But yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of weird to see it all come together now and to and on top of it, have people respond to it positively. So, um, you know, the kid in me probably would be kind of a little surprised, but I guess in the end, really elated that I guess I stuck with it all these years. Nice. Hey, uh, Tom, I'm Tim from the, the uh, Pop Culture Addicts podcast. We're, we're also guesting today. I just have a quick question for you, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at, at your Facebook page for Black Alpha. And first off, 
kudos that this is very well drawn stuff. This is this is really neat. Um, Thank because you. Because I'm a, I'm I'm a huge Star Wars fan, like massive uber star wars nerd and mm-hmm. um so i see a lot of in you know look you were saying i see a lot of similarities but one of the things that you mentioned and as was mentioned earlier was the tie-in to big bang theory now being a pop culture podcast we like to talk about how pop culture affects different you know different things in these subcultures so mm-hmm. how does that how do you see the the tie-in to big bang theory helping you and and how how does it feel to know that you're tied to such an iconic brand um, I think, you know, my my brain, the way that I'm trying to kind of view things as I've gotten older is, um, you know, if you're trying to launch a, a comic book endeavor, you still have to somewhat treat it as a business Sure. besides the passion behind it. And I think that the opportunity of calling out like USA Today or the Big Bang Theory, things that are two fairly well-known names, I think uh, it benefits because then it starts to bring eyes on what you're doing and build audience awareness, you know, kind of trying to attach it to the brand of your name and your projects. And so um, the funny thing was because I've been so busy, I didn't really, I love that show, but I never got to watch that many episodes. So when I share pictures of people noticing things like whether it's not posters, a maquette of Black Alpha himself, you know, uh, about a 12 inch tall statue was Mm -hmm. in Raj's apartment. And then his ship, a 3D print of a ship was above the TIE fighter in one of Raj's shelves. People would say, hey, Tom, I saw this or that. And so I would constantly get pictures sent to me and it was really a lot of fun, you know, where I'm like, even if I'm personally not there in that set or in that that story for those guys, my character kind of has like a little corner, you know. And uh, so that was that was really cool. And I feel like uh, because Big Bang, Big Bang to me is a very huge reflection of where our, our culture has shifted. Right. Like, yeah, a show like that becoming so huge mm-hmm. that speaks to anyone like us is, is also beneficial that, uh, you know, that everything is kind of tied together. And it just felt good to have it attached. Um, to that show and I could at least reference it from time to time. Well, see, and now I have to go back and I love Big Bang Theory. I think I've watched this the series three, four times completely through. I, I love it. And so now I have to go back and see where if I where I can find the the Black Alpha stuff in it. Definitely. Yeah, because that's that's really cool. Well the funny thing I, I've mentioned this story a couple of times is that because I'm such a huge also lifelong Trekkie, there was a reference that Sheldon tried to pull on uh, Leonard and it had to do with uh, it was a line I believe from the Doomsday Machine where they talk about Star Florida, Starfleet Order 104 section I think it's section C or section 8 indicates you can commandeer a vessel even if you're not mm-hmm. technically the captain I like the fact that Sheldon was using that on Leonard Leonard's like it's not real but I knew it I knew what Sheldon was saying I'm like oh I totally know that Starfleet <laughs> coordinates <laughs> um, right. yeah so that was awesome to me that every like commandeer a ship or two myself <laughs> Well, the funny thing was I used that on one of my coworkers in the video game industry. He was taken over for the art director for a week. And I walked up to him and said the same thing. I said, you know, um, you are technically able to do this, but if I find you emotionally compromised or at worst case suicidal, I will relieve you under section C. And he told me to get the F out of his face. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably a star Wars fan. So I said, I said, well, that's going in my first report to Starfleet. So, you know, um, Yeah, I mean, and I get the humor behind it, but I'm like a lot of passionate fans. I really get into the minutia of the things I'm doing. And I feel like Big Bang was able to sort of toe the line between people like us and people more on the periphery that just kind of understand things on a surface level. I thought it did a fantastic job of bringing together the passion and the humor, both those worlds together. Yeah, absolutely. But um, Tom, I want to thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. You're welcome on our show anytime you want to come on. I'm really glad you reached out to me. 
So where can everybody support Black Alpha and find you on all the socials? Um, well, I primarily promote on Facebook. It's under Tom Rash. It's a T-O-M and then R-A-S-C-H, R-A-S-C-H, because people want to spell it traditionally, uh, what it sounds like. And I've been heavily promoting Black Alpha on there. Um, and there's a Tom Rash Instagram. Uh, I don't remember. Honest, unfortunately, I don't remember the address, the addies for those right now. And then uh, a Black Alpha Facebook page, uh, Twitter. There's a Black Alpha Twitter account. So I pretty much promote on those, but definitely on on uh, Facebook for sure. So awesome. And the link to that Kickstarter is in the description of this video right now. Please click on it. Please give Thomas support. And from all of us, Tom, thank you very, very much. Yeah, and I look forward to coming back on the show to nerd out with you guys about anything, really, sometimes. So awesome, not buddy. even just Tom in a promotional great. sense. So yeah, so thank great. you, guys. Yeah. Hey, nice to meet you, Tom. Buddy. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go and exit again, right Tom. now. All right. <laughs> see you. All right, good to see you, Tom. Have a good one. Yeah, Tom's great. He, uh, he, uh, we met him about, what, six, seven months ago. And, yeah, either uh, way, he's a great so, dude. Real big fan of him. Very nice yeah. guy. But um, was it, was I am working Justin on... Justin and I who interviewed him? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Really okay. good dude. Yeah, sorry. Big fan. I'm waiting on Justin to send me a photo to get into the next segment that I'm about to work the on. The next segment? <laughs> you said quickly, <laughs> not like the next segment. Not like 8 o'clock tonight or so, you know, whatever. <laughs> he just expects us to continue sitting here waiting Look, for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he only yeah. has two fingers he can type with. It takes some time, okay? <laughs> Tony Stark built this in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> Scraps. Scraps. <laughs> to be fair, I, I sent Justin this idea like three minutes ago. So. Yeah, it's it's uh, not like, hey, uh, put actually, eight minutes oh, ago. well, yeah. it, if it had been, you know, I thought it was, you know, three and a half minutes ago, but in three minutes. Come Tim, on, now you're being you know, the sass, <laughs> I get why you get the grief you get. Well, <laughs> because he earns it. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to point out that I am dialing this back so much right now. Let it fly, Tim. But, but, but Tim, Tim, I'm telling you, I get it. <laughs> Why are you dialing it back? Because I, I want people to like me. <laughs> Why don't you like me? <laughs> I'm like I'm already just the other guy on my own podcast. <laughs> so, you Tim, love me. That's all I ask. So, Tim, as we continue our endeavors into podcasting and we expand into pop culture addicts, are you going to let it fly? Are you going to be full obnoxious, Tim? No, I don't think people really want that. <laughs> I do. I don't know that. I don't know that I want. Well, that. I, I do as well. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, let it fly, my God. Well, it is extremely satisfying to me. I Either... don't feel like it will come across well. <laughs> Oh, either, it'll, let it'll work people, great. either let people love who you really are, or they can go away. <laughs> if you can't yeah, love me I, for I, me, <laughs> then I'll be alone for the rest I, you know, of my life. I, I was, I was <laughs> worried about being... Uh, sorry, go ahead, Tim. The line from the other guy is, I'm a peacock, you gotta let me fly. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was worried about being notebook and pen guy, but you know, like, that just came across, and the people love it, and they everyone calls me notebook and pen guy. So you know, you should just embrace it. You can be yeah, yeah. sass guy. You you and keep if you saying steer, the people. I do not think this means what you think it means. If you steer <laughs> into the uh, pen, Tim, they can't a, use it against you. 
<laughs> he's like the people call me. Well, just my mama, but my people call me. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It's not just my mama because it has to be people. It, it's my mom and and my sister. But, but they are people. There, there's more than one. <laughs> are people there's, not men? There's two people. Top men, women. Love it. <laughs> just embrace it. Justin, did we, did we stall long enough for you? Are you done yet? You're What's so close. On? You're so, we're, we're so close. Well, I gave you two, three minutes. I sassed out. Come on. I do have <laughs> sassed out. I do have a question for Kathleen and Tim. You guys are uh, starting a second podcast. We are I'm, starting a second podcast. From funny science fiction to pop culture addicts. What was the idea behind doing that? Well, um, There's since so I talk, all, talk all, since I talk all, all the, over the top of Kathleen all the time, I'm just going to jump in. Um, but <laughs> I don't try to; it just happens. Um, You're just bigger well, than me. It's okay. <laughs> so the the thing the thing behind all this was is that as much as we love doing funny science fiction podcast, and we do, we've had some amazing guests on. We've got to talk to some really cool people across the sci-fi world. There are other things that you know, sci-fi is pop culture. And pop culture is sci-fi. And so the more we, we looked at this, we went, you know, there, there are ways for us to talk to other people, but not necessarily underneath the sci-fi umbrella. And we both want to talk to people in music and, and actors who were in other movies outside of sci-fi and, and you know, authors and, and content creators, you know, and, and, and. There's so many, there's so many other avenues that, that the umbrella of just saying pop culture allows us to go. And... So for me, it was the the having the ability to not say no when there was somebody was presented to me to come onto the show. Uh, as much as I love funny science fiction podcasts, we have a ton of fun with it. There has been times where I haven't been able to have a certain person on, or or somebody's been offered to me to come on the show, and I've had to say, "Well, sorry, that person doesn't really fit our show, and I don't like that." Uh, and there, genre. Yeah. And so I wanted to be able to open it up and say, okay, well, yeah, I can't get them on funny science fiction, but what about having you on pop culture addicts? Because you're a perfect fit for that show. And so having two shows and having, you know, the ability to cross all by all lanes kind of seemed cool to me. It is going to be fun. And then there's Kathleen. And then there's Kathleen. <laughs> She's going to smack me so hard the next time I see her. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I 100% get that too because, like, we started doing the Three Geeks podcast as as Geek News, and uh, <laughs> then I'm like, well, I want to do I want to do an anime. You know, I want to talk about anime, and I want to talk about all this other stuff. And it's mm -hmm. like it doesn't really fit in for you know the, the one podcast. So I started up like nine other podcasts with 15 other people, and then like next thing I know, the whole week is gone. But uh, it's, uh, it's 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 cool, and I'm you know you guys should have fun. I'm glad you're doing it. It's a it's yeah. Fun. It's we we've, we started out. we started booking a few guests. We're going to start interviews uh, for pop culture addicts. I think the eleventh and on the eleventh, yeah, that's our first one. Uh, and we've got some really cool guests right off the gate. I'm I'm kind I of like scary excited about some of the people who said the, yes right away. The first interview you booked, and you told us who it was, and I had that moment of the what. We're doing what? We're talking to what? So, okay, we can do that. So yeah, so we're very excited. Um, we have we have lots coming up, and uh, I think to start we're just gonna we're just gonna do pre-recorded to start. I don't think we're gonna jump right into lives with it, um, because I'm I'm still closing up. Uh, and my I have I have a third podcast now. Uh, you know, 
Pop Culture Addicts is my third podcast, but I started off with a show where just just by myself called Focused on Forward, where we talked about mental health awareness and we talked about overcoming traumas and trials that people go through in life and how they do it. Uh, but that show is going to go on hiatus here for a little while, and uh, we're, I'm going to take a break from that. And but I still have uh, a few live shows, and I have a uh, a handful of, of pre-recorded interviews that need to be published. So in in the midst of you know dealing with all that, I didn't want to throw a third live show in on top of you know marriage, kids, full time job. You know, there's there's only so much time in the day. Yeah. Like kids take up your time. <laughs> well, yes and no, because my kids, kids are so much. Mine, yes. My kids are 22, 19, and fourteen. So, you know, I'm. Oh, okay. So you, yeah. Whereas my soon to be my soon to be three year old is time consuming. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what I want to talk about real quick. <laughs> <That's> scary. <laughs> Last week, Max and I went to Dan's house to play uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which was my Ooh. first experience playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I gotta say, oh, tell them about the wizard. Tell, no, no, no. Tell them about the wizard. Friend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, Jason's yeah. The first character. That he rolls up. He's like, guys, I did it. I got this all. You know, I went on this website, and, and they helped me make this character. He becomes in there the wizard with a fucking level seven intelligence. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> and he knows no spells. Why did you dump stat your intelligence? <laughs> you basically I made. Don't the, I don't know why the wizard. Win the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the, the website even let him do that. But like, yeah, he comes in. He's like, yeah, it's all done. I, I like. He's all happy with the character that he made. He's like, his name's Costanza. He's a two foot nine dwarf, and he's a wizard. <laughs> he ended up with like none of those things. You know, now, now, now he's an elf rogue. <laughs> I mean, I do have to give D and D Beyond credit for making it so you can make non-optimized characters because yeah. my my <laughs> gnome barbarian fair. loves that <laughs> because I have a three I mean, foot tall, forty pound barbarian character. Based right. off of my toddler. Yeah, I, I, you huh. at least put a big stat in the strength, right? I mean, like he may be a gnome, but at least he's got like a, at least a 12 strength, right? I uh, mean, what is on. her strength? Let me double check it. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what her strength is right now. I have no <laughs> frame of reference, but I thought Dan was a very good DM. <laughs> and it's funny because we started playing. Dan's like, did my best to not kill you off. Okay. Dan's like, do you want to be good or bad? And I'm like, I want to be good. And then we start playing. I'm like, kill them. Kill them all. Okay. So my level three character, she does have a 16 to her strength. So I mean, it's not terrible. At least there's that. I understand like gnome isn't the best for barbarian, but at least your stats reflect something you're trying to do. I just don't even understand how you have a wizard with, <laughs> with a an intelligence. So it likes to drool yeah, a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've got a, a negative modifier to your intelligence rolls. Like, oh, come on. Uh, yes, we go with Ewok. I've got a level right, fifty-seven now. Sherpa. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what any of that means, but I'm just going with. We it. will teach you, Tim. <laughs> Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, the hard part there is the, the Steve Irwin in the top. I was just throwing that in there. Right, we oh got, my! Here we go, guys. It's our George segment. We've got his top oh. ten worst movies down below. Uh, oh wow! Hitch made it. Did this uh, double impact? Really? Hitch. I, I agree with that one. This is 
This is so high on the iceberg of bad so, films. So yeah, you didn't like, you're not Mark. even you're you're like twenty feet above water level. <laughs> <laughs> you're scraping the Titanic. There's, <laughs> listen, this is it, not even rude. No. There's two movies on here that I would three movies on here that I would legitimately say are worst films of all time. I'm not saying I like every movie on this list, but I don't think worst of all time. Like I'd give Mortal Kombat two. Be one I of the like worst Star of all time. Generations. <laughs> um, I do too. Batman and Robin <laughs> be one of the worst of all times. Uh, I have, well, I have no. a problem with half of his list. I'll be honest with you. Uh, yeah, that's probably. Yeah, fifty percent is the passing score. That's ain't great. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Number six, I agree with. So it's like a, it's like an okay five. It's not a perfect ten. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll give you the okay five. You know, yeah. Uh, I have a problem with the cable guy being on there. I have a problem with Three Amigos being on there. Yeah, I I have a problem with the Transformers movie being on there. It's not the best of the Transformers movies, but it's not horrible. Well, well, yes, it is. I feel the same about Star Wars: Last Jedi and Hitch. I have no problem with Star Wars: Last Jedi belongs on there. I feel like it's not the greatest Star Wars movie, but it's not a terrible movie. Like it's not one of the worst movies of all time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you want to like put a Star talking... Wars movie up there? I will. I will gladly sacrifice Phantom Menace on this altar. Have you seen the room? Oh my God, Phantom Menace yeah. is not the worst of the prequels. But the room, the room doesn't go in here either because that's fun. That's Clone Wars fun. is the worst of the prequels. That was a rough movie to get through, Dan. I I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's me hilarious. a Lisa. And without without the room, you're not going to have the the disaster. Disaster artist, true. Disaster artist is great. So. The room was not great. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's still hilarious. Though. It's I know, I know, so... Dan. Yeah, no, I, I think George and Dan should create a podcast together. That's what they want. They want. Dan just tries to lower the bar of his top ten. Movies. Yeah, no props. If you if George throws out a list and Dan's like, nope, I can go lower. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm a James Cameron of bad movies. It's just Dan bullying people into thinking his way. Well, it's Dan, not even my way. Dan. It's just like you you guys need to expand your horizons of shit, okay? No. This is all big budget <laughs> ass, you know, super duper movies. James Cameron at the bottom of the Mariana Trench with bad movies. Like he he does not This, <laughs> this is no nothing. He won't yeah, go there's to. so no. much worse. How, how about how about some Godfrey Ho movies? How about the fact that Dune's not on that okay? list? Um, I love how George gave us an angry face on Facebook. <laughs> Thank you, George. <laughs> I respect that response. <laughs> I got a beef with Tim now, more so than I've ever had a beef with Tim. Tim just said that Transformers wasn't the worst thing ever. It's and... not the worst thing ever. Uh, yeah, it's, no, Transformers is some of the worst. Oh, I can't ever. see. Wait to see where you go with this. But I'm listening. It, it, it's bad. Tim gives me shit about my uh, fandom for Van Damme, but I'm sorry. I the Transformers movies are worse. I think the acting in those are worse, right? I mean, just as bad. Well, it, 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 yeah, and then like, what gets me the about only the Transformers host movies? Can, can somebody else mute him? Right. So, <laughs> oh, wait. Um, what gets me about the Transformers <laughs> movies is that like you <laughs> you pulled Justin off. Okay, um, you know it like the, the I can control from the back the robots fighting each other. When they get to fighting each other, you can't tell really what's going on with the action. And nope. so uh, that's that's I, I don't like the Decepticon designs really. I thought they dropped the ball on that. They they tried to keep the 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 Autobots to their old you know like. 
there were renditions of the older designs, but the, the Decepticons, they were just like, we're doing our own fucking thing. Like, I, I, right. don't, I don't understand I didn't that. like that they went PC um, with the Decepticons, especially with Megatron, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh so yeah. There's a lot. I feel like there's a lot, a lot to. Uh, yeah, there's not a single See? Louis Bull movie on that list. See? Yeah, so uh, I think um, what was it? Alone in the Dark was the first yeah. movie I ever stopped watching halfway through. <laughs> like I'm not doing this. Uh, <laughs> Hollywood Homicide. Okay, and frankly, if you don't have Eddie Murphy's The Golden Child on this list, one of the worst movies of all time, <laughs> I, I question your sanity. Outside of the line, I, 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 I want the knife, it's the worst movie I've ever seen. Brother, dude, <laughs> that's one of my favorite movies I've of never, all time, sir. I'm sorry. I've never seen that movie. The Golden Child's one of your favorite movies? I mean, it, it's not like top 20 or anything, but I, I really I've like seen the so movie. many questions. So many questions. I, I really feel oh, now no, like Jim, George, and Danny their own podcast. Okay, so, so Dan, first question. Yeah. Who hurt you as a child? Uh, <laughs> did you grow up under high power lines? And, and you, you started crying about Star Wars, and it was very sad. Uh, the better question is, who didn't hurt Dan I did notice that as soon as I asked, Dan started rocking back and forth. Like, yeah, I yeah. I, I just, I can get oh, through God. This. I oh, can God, get through the trauma. <laughs> Do we have topics? No. No. no, no. I, I, <laughs> okay. I, I think that, here. Uh, we have dumped okay. the shark on any topic that's been laid in front of us. Uh, Apparently, I, I, we, I we, we have a couple pictures to show, but they never showed up. So who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I did show I the picture. The right movie. Steve Irvin oh, on the top. Oh. Look, look at that, Steve Irvin. Oh, that's copy paste Crikey. over. I, um, <laughs> I do want to give them a plug since George was just you know a sport about us making fun of them. The perfect yeah, ten man. is tonight. George and Clint are great. I love these guys. So uh, good dudes. Definitely, good dudes. definitely check it out. And uh, George is excited to be a segment on our show. George, got you, man. Uh, but. Um, Love you, George. Yeah. You're a good dude. I figured since we're we doing I decided to do a special yeah. uh, commercial break because we're in the middle of <laughs> Justin and I reconfiguring all of our videos for intros, middles, and outros. So um, until then, uh, Tim and Kathleen, I know you haven't seen this yet. Please enjoy this. Everybody will be back right after this. Is this the Hey everybody, so <laughs> I finally gave in and uh, witnessed the Emoji Movie. And I gotta say, I was a little, you know, uh, let's say anxious about this particular viewing because everything I'd seen before the actual film itself had kind of prepared me to just expect the most kind of shallow, pandering, product placement type of uh, corporate-by-the-numbers release that you could expect. Everything from the posters uh, to the trailer. But after seeing the actual film, you know, in the context of its story and its characters and the world it creates through the animation by Sony, I can't lie, I actually had a pretty decent time with this film. So let's get into a lot of the pros because I, there really aren't that many cons as far as I can tell from my viewing. I really don't understand what everyone else critically, why everyone's gung-ho to go after this particular film. 
people have been saying like ever since the Lego movie that that kind of op- even though that was a good movie that opened up the doorway for a lot of you know these types of product driven films that their sole purpose is to get you or to get your children to buy that toy to buy that game to buy whatever download the just dance app now honestly though i can see the emoji movie it it went above and beyond what it should have it really did create this very elaborate world and it just it just draws you into the atmosphere and the mood, like everything is so imaginative and detailed. Everything from the the giant mushrooms to to flying those dragons, those banshees, and you gotta plug in your ponytail and interact with nature. Like it's a very immersive experience to to get into this world. But I know what you're saying out there. An immersive experience is only as good as its characters. And thankfully, this movie has some of the most well-rounded and most sympathetic characters in cinema today. I mean, you really get the plight of Rick and Ilsa in this film. Like, they, they're torn apart by conflict and strife taking place all over the globe, circumstances against their love. When they reconnect after years from not seeing each other, you, you get this longing but also this resentment, which is further encompassed by the phenomenal soundtrack that's headlined by As Time Goes By. But not only are two leads are really relatable and enjoyable, but the supporting cast is actually really well done. I mean, when Baby Groot first falls off of the tree and interacts with our leads for the first time it's actually a really like heartfelt and thought-provoking thing and best character ever James Corden you are a comedic genius but speaking of phenomenal supporting cast and lead, as I was saying speaking of phenomenal supporting cast the plot itself is really you really get involved in it you really have no idea where it's going at times like is is Mrs. Bates actually the killer? You you never know. You you can't you can't really anticipate the twists and turns. Like, is she the killer? Is Bruce Willis actually a ghost? PlayStation Four is everything. <laughs> Sorry guys, I'm back. So, uh, where was it? Um, Mrs. Bates. Uh, is she the killer? Um. What happened out on the boat with Fredo? Um, Edward and Bella with the the, the CGI baby. Um, Christian Grey. James Corden is a hack. Oh, uh, and, oh, God! Emojis. Emojis are the best form of communication since the invention of game drawings. God, watch the movie, give Sony money, give them your cash. I'm sorry, the emojis. Big dance number, buy, oh, buy just dance, buy the app, buy just dance. I'm sorry. I see. It's a shame that Mike doesn't do a weekly show because he should be more involved in what we do. But uh, 
Mike is a great <laughs> contributor to us, and that is the emoji trailer. Had it been done by David Lynch, and I think Mike is a comedic <laughs> genius. And I that's the best five minutes on YouTube, if you ask me, right there. I think oh I need to go God, talk to my counselor that after that. Yeah, you definitely need a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do what Dan was doing just a minute ago. I get through this. I can get through yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> fine. I'm safe. I'm safe. And now, and now you found uh, a bad movie. You see, it's not. It's not any of the ones you're talking about before. The emoji movie. I haven't seen it. No. Well, no, I mean, not doing that. I watched that the review. Trailer, I like that. Just watched. I have not. Ooh. Although, um, I finally got around to watching that that Nick Cage uh, uh, Five Nights at Freddy ripoff movie. Was it good? I really liked it. I, I thought <laughs> you would. I thought really I mentioned Wonderland it in the chat. I was like, Dan, I like this. Yeah. I want to see I, the pig movie. I like that Nick Cage doesn't talk at all during during the the, the whole movie. It's, it's he's just, just Nick Cage. Odd. Yeah, he's just Nick Cage playing pinball, beating the shit out of animatronics. That's, that's I do want to see get. Pig as well, Max. I haven't seen it yet. Mm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is why you come to the Three Geeks podcast and why you bought the ticket. <laughs> Let's get ready to remake! I am Mike McGee from YouTube's Mike McGee TV. And the Three Geeks Podcast and I officially welcome you to the ultimate movie nerd and fan competition. Prepare for the remake revolution. Teams battle it out for geeky dominance as their movie reboot and remake ideas face judgment. Each team's idea lives and dies by four specific categories. They are Story Pitch. I'll be back. Writers and Directors. I am Iron Man. Casting. I am the father. And Marketing. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! When all is said and done, one shall stand, one shall fall. There can be only one. Yo, it! I did it! And the world shall know whose remake is truly revolutionary. The remake revolution begins now. Does that give? Uh, does that still give you goosebumps, Justin? Like listening to that? hundred percent. Mike did such a good job with that from our remake. Uh, it made me nervous. March Madness. I, I wasn't yeah. nervous before. Now, now I'm nervous. Uh, I feel like it suddenly <laughs> yeah, thinks that it's you... cooler than we actually are. All, all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm like, wow. I've I've, I've known that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I've seen the previous podcast. They've never had that kind of production value. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Production value? People buying tickets? What is this? <laughs> I went into this was like, oh, we're, we're just going to sit around and talk. It's going to be a lot of fun. And also, there's like this whole movie trailer thing. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, like, well, to be fair, it's the inception noise, isn't it? The mm-hmm. yeah, Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. To be fair, it wasn't yeah, for March uh, Madness. If you didn't, if you didn't plan seven or eight explosions, you were wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <Mike-Mag. laughs> you got film a commercial. Better. You are also wrong. I'm All right, gonna I'm going to do this. 
I'm going to do this in the same vein that we did the Remake Revolution tournament, which means I'm going to drop everybody from the screen except for me and the competitors. And then I'll bring the judges up after both competitors go so they can ask their questions and so forth. And since, since Funny Science Fiction slash Pulp Culture Addict is new. What? Are you, what? What are you saying? Did you, did you say pop culture addict? Yeah, is, it, is it pop or pulp? It's definitely pop. Pop. like orange, like an orange. No, no, like like, like popular. Yeah. As in popular. <laughs> but Jason, Jason has trouble with names because you know, like uh, our good friend uh, Brian Lau writes a comic book, Staunch Ambition. Jason could not get that name right for the for five or six months. It was Stank Ambition. It was... <laughs> I would like to read Stank Ambition. Yeah. All right, now we stop everybody from the stream and just go to Dan and I. That's Dan. That's, that's what? the name of my my new podcast is 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 pulp. Uh. <laughs> think pulp. Uh, think Dan, pulp. What is your uh, pitch slash story? Okay, so for Dune, which is one of my favorite movies, so I just pretty much pulled out all the stops. Um, it's going to be a massive production. Um, we are talking more than a movie, more than a stage show, more than a musical. Um. <clears throat> First, in theaters, uh, in select theaters, you're going to have 3D imaging equipment that not only makes the movie 3D without glasses, but, but shoots out cool-ass shit, like, from the screen. <laughs> I also like the punk rock name of Stank Pulp. Thank you, Justin. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, you're going to have 3D like these box projectors, like showing you sandworms and spaceships and folding space and all kinds of shit. Um, we're also uh, just going to take over the Pantages Theater um, because no one cares about the Phantom of the Opera anymore. So that that's going to be where the Dune house show is going to completely live. Um, there will also be a traveling circuit of the main cast that will perform Dune, which is going to be a at least a four, nah, make it a five or six hour production. It's going to actually explain everything that was not explained during the David Lynch movie. Um, also, I'm taking the, the voice module guns away because it wasn't in the book. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a massive production. Um, you're gonna need ILM plus almost everybody every other uh, special effects group in Hollywood to make this film. Um, it's going to be, I mean, it, it's more than a film. It's, it's a spectacular. It, it, it's the biggest show ever made. And I'm just going to rip that straight off of Barnum. There you go. Wow. I, um, uh, that's going to be what a $12 trillion movie, but uh... oh, more than that. Much, much more. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, you could probably just base most of Europe's economy off of it. <laughs> It'll be like Metalocalypse. Okay. Awesome. I, um, I, right, we'll see what the other team has. We'll see you in a, just a few moments, Dan. Okay. Kathleen, Tim, what is your guys' pitch slash story? All well, right. Well, in order, in order to do that, we have to preface it a little bit because this helps set the pitch. So I do have to tell you um, who the cast is, and I need we to tell yet. you what's that. You can't yet. Well, I kind of have to, otherwise, it our pitches are written around the cast with the cast 
mates names in it. We didn't realize that we had to separate those. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll let I'll allow it. So that's Anything. the only reason why. So, <laughs> so we decided that we are going to entitle this "The Muppets Must Flow," a spectacular Muppet musical adaptation of Dune. Oh yeah, you can mention the Muppets now. That's fine. So our cast is the Muppets. And if you, we can go into specifics later. Yeah, we're going to go into specifics later. Who's cast where? But with Patrick Stewart as uh, Gurney Halleck and Sting as Floyd Rotha. And there's a very special surprise cameo. No spoilers. I'll, I'm going to let Kathleen uh, present that in the pitch. Okay. Are we ready for this pitch? I cannot wait. But I do have <laughs> a set photo from your movie that I'm about to pull up. But go ahead, Kathleen. Okay. A true and faithful adaptation of Dune is nearly impossible within the confines of a single film. It can only truly be done proper service as a long-form television series. However, we're not here to pitch the TV show. We're making a movie. So what... <laughs> Accurate. Okay. Well, that's, the big... <laughs> that's how we came up with the idea, yes. Uh... I thought that was John's head injury, but either way... <laughs> either way seem to work. So the biggest challenge to overcome with Dune is that there's a remarkable amount of information that allegedly needs to be dumped on the viewer in order for them to understand the story. So we have decided that given the stellar cast that we have at our disposal, we're going to sidestep that and jump right into the story. Because if Gonzo and Rizzo can't explain anything important in under 30 seconds, it's not important for our story. Right? Anybody disagreeing here? No. Nope. I don't think no. so. I'm not, I'm not. I'm in agreement. So I think that that's the, like the general pitch is Muppets and more Muppets because I don't think Muppets can make things worse. They might be able to. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to go too deep into the into the story part of it because it does give away some of the casting. So okay. we'll, wait for, we'll wait for the casting section for the rest of it. That's fair. That's 100% fair. Uh, one more photo right here. <laughs> I'm going to pop on everybody else real quick. So uh, Max and Justin can take the time to ask you guys some questions. Go ahead, guys. Okay. Um, uh, I feel like cocaine was used for both of these pitches. I'm not sure... I'm not sure who used more cocaine. That's that's what's getting me. Is like I don't know... <laughs> uh, all right, so Dan, oh, buckle up, you sweetheart. are doing it only gets like... more interesting from here. <laughs> um, that you're you're doing like a hard. Uh, you're staying to story, like. You... Oh yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're staying to story, but it's also going going to be a musical. Right. Oh, it's that also really uncomfortable. Okay. Oh yeah. We not do yes. that. It's, wow. It's... John, please make sure our child is no longer watching. Yeah, no longer watching. <laughs> this is, the, PG. is the, the rare actual, like, the, the, they're both musicals. They are. Yeah. They would both be musicals, uh, yes. Okay, because Muppets. Okay. Um, the Muppets right. aren't going to do something. Are the Muppets, is it, are we doing, um, what rating are we thinking for the Muppet movie? Are we staying, like, PG? Or are we trying to get, like, it would have what to be happy time murder type of deal? It'd have to be PG. It's it's Muppet, so it'd have to be PG. Get any further than that, and you're going Avenue Q, and that's not where we're going with this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Dan, you're looking for more of an R rating. Uh, PG 13 to R. 
PG thirteen. He meant I'm not, I'm not entirely yeah. sure how. Hey, hey, this is my pitch song. <laughs> you, you, you wander down there, and I'll and I'll talk to the nice man. Okay. We all float down here. <laughs> that is what it's feeling like. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's enough violence in Dune to to merit an R. But it's definitely going to look trippy, so they might give it an R anyway. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, so I guess I'll just wait for the cast because we're going to get some more uh, oh, yeah. plot in in the, the casting for the funny science fiction. So I'll, I'll wait on that, and I, if I have any more questions, I can, I can just ask them later. Yeah, I, I think I've got the, the idea for both groups. I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. Yep, I'm all good. All right. I'm going to keep funny science fiction up real quick. Because now we are discussing writer and director. Okay, so our writer and director uh, of the movie is Taika Waititi. So um, I love his work in like Thor Ragnarok, uh, uh, the Jojo Rabbit, um, you know, other stuff like that. He's got a great sense of humor that can take um, even you know complicated things and make them funny and interesting. Uh, difficult things, funny and interesting. And he just has an overall great sense of humor. I love the fact that he made Korg uh, in Thor Ragnarok, who's a, a, a creature built from rocks, lose to paper and a rock paper scissor joke. That is phenomenal to me. Yes. Taiko Atiti is awesome. Uh, and But we also included under the writing and directing uh, uh, umbrella, uh, we decided that because of our movie, being a musical, we need to make sure that the the writing of the music soundtrack and score was just as important as who was writing the movie. And so we wanted to make sure that we uh, included Lynn manuel Miranda as the as the musical score and uh, soundtrack writer. Nice. That's a, a fascinating combination to be involved with the Muppets, I would say. Well, they both have good senses of humor and they're, you know, and they're both highly creative people. So including them into the... Uh, you know, into the Muppets universe to me seems like a, a win. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we know that Lin Manuel Miranda can write some pretty epic rap battles, which would be awesome with Muppets. Oh my God! Yes. Oh, right. I can't say too much. I don't want to get the judges uh, any ideas. But um, all right, that's awesome. I'm gonna go to Dan real quick. See what he's got over there, Dan. Okay, so um, mine is co-directed by both Darren Aronofsky and Steven Swartz, who, if you don't know, was the director of the, or writer-director of, of the uh, Wicked play. Um, and since they're doing uh, the soundtrack as well, I'm bringing in uh, Howard Shore and John Oliva from the, 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 the Trans-Siberian Orchestra with special guests Joe Satriani, Eric Johnson, Joe Bonamassa and Kevin Moore <laughs> to do all of the soundtrack. That is fantastic. Um, I'm not going to pull photos for every single one of those people, but I will give you a photo of this guy. There you go. <laughs> uh, the, the lamest guy in the in the whole thing I just did. <laughs> but he's the least known, I would say. Give, give me a Satriani, you know, shot at least. Come on, man. Satriani. How do you spell that? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, S A T R I A N I. For all Joe. the children out there, this is ABCs with Dan and Jason. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Um, all right, here we go. I got a photo of this dude. 
We got a photo of this dude. It kind of looks like Chris, uh, who used to own. Um, yeah, yeah. Max. Except he's cool. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let me pull this up real quick. Boom. There we go. That that is Joe Satriani. In a seven string Ibanez. Very nice. <laughs> but um awesome awesome this is uh shaping up to be a fascinating couple movies here uh, let's add everybody else back in so the judges can ask the questions judges take it away uh, did you have any questions Justin? Well, it sounds like you don't <laughs> I, I i do but it's a lot so I just want to let you, know. <laughs> so you, you go first, then. If you're oh, then go ahead. I'm not worried all right. at all. Why uh, did we not Dan, myself into? Yo, Dan, of the of the fucking 95 people you just listed off, what yes. what do they fucking come from? Howard Shore. Howard Shore did to the soundtrack for Lord of the Rings above above other things. John Oliva is is the <laughs> is the writer for the Trans Siberian Orchestra. <sighs> Who do the Christmas okay. stuff, but you can also look at their other. Yeah, uh, I, I know. I, yeah, I'm aware of Trans Siberian Joe Satriani, Eric Johnson, and Joe Bonamassa are some of the greatest guitarists who live. Amazing today. guitarist. Uh, Kevin Moore is the keyboardist from uh, uh, Dream Theater. Who? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. One of the best keyboardists. Okay. Ridiculous. And they're case. basically that's the the best pit orchestra that I can make. Okay. All right, cool. I I, I, I have a little more understanding now. Okay. And, and you know what? We're going to throw in all the guys who used to be in Sabotage that didn't make to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, because that'll work, too. <laughs> now I'm happy. That's a lot of people. Yes. Right. Fair, yes no um, Fair no expense. Fair no expense. I just, I just like put uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra and every other fucking person. <laughs> yes, that, that also works. What a wonderful note. All right, that's... <laughs> um, all right that's that's all my questions all right go ahead, let's go J justin did you have a question no i think max asked every question i could possibly ask i think we thank uh, you real quick so, is it a good it? thing we're not getting questions for us does that mean that you actually understand us or is uh, well, no, no, like... I, I, I yours is much more straightforward is, and i know who lin-manuel miranda is but uh for, for your notes i do have um Jojo Rabbit and Hamilton. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> he also did uh, that, that new one, uh, In the Heights, right? Did he write the music yeah. for In the Heights? Yeah. Yep. Yes. And Moana. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote the music. Yeah. Yeah. That's Moana's on HBO Max, by the way. Yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda is all over the place. Dan Max also needs the social security numbers of everybody that yeah, you Yeah, yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness sake. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. We can, we can move on. All right. all right, Dan. What is your cast? Well, since they kind of stole my thunder on this one, I'm just going to lead with Paul, who is going to be Lin-Manuel Miranda, because why not? Um, then you've got a Chinese, or Chinese is going to be Lizzie Hale. Uh, Alia, who's Paul's sister, is going to be Billie Eilish. Um, Duke Leto is going to be Bruce Dickinson, <laughs> the lead singer of Iron Maiden. Baron Harkonnen is going to be Meatloaf. Um the princess, the, the the one that gives all of the the narration, is going to be uh, Casey Lee Williams, who does the uh, vocals for all of the Ruby songs for the animated series. Look it up; it's fucking fucking phenomenal. Uh, the emperor is going to be Tim Curry. Uh, uh, Kynes, the government dude, is going to be Anthony Stewart Head, 
because he doesn't get a whole lot. But if, if you've seen Repo, the genetic opera, he's, he's got a fucking range. Oh, dude, and, I, love, uh, I love Anthony Stewart head. Yeah. And uh, Fade Rautha, whose name is Fade, not Floyd, by the way, um, is, is going to be played by Ed Sheeran against type because I want him to have like a happy song. You know where where he's singing like 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 something about love, and then then it, it pans down, and he's like ripping the 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 wings off of some kind of indigenous bird or something. I, I want him to be evil, and that's my cast. All right, awesome, awesome. Let me bring on um, Tim and Kathleen. How are this you? This is where we just sit staring at the headlights with the I don't know who half of these people are. Um. <laughs> so. So, I, 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 yeah, I said earlier that, again, the generalized Muppets cast, Patrick Stewart is going to be Gurney Halleck and Sting is Floyd Ratha. So. However, so Kermit as Paul, Miss Piggy as the princess, because Kermit and Piggy, that's just how it works. Um, so Dan's going to scream in the background about this one. I know he is. I can I can feel it already. So I only made it to 30 minutes in the movie. So the scene where Patrick Stewart comes in and right before the weird shield fight thing there's the three guys that walk into paul to talk to paul so we're keeping patrick stewart but then the other two are being replaced with deadly and uh sam the eagle so the eyebrow <laughs> guy is replaced by sam the eagle um, <laughs> uh so kermit's or paul's mom is actually going to be played by camilla the chicken because the chickens are now all of the weird witch ladies. Ben Gasseret. Weird witch ladies. I know, but I'm just helping. Thanks. That's what um, I do. You're welcome. Need your help. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so, see? He fits for the eyebrow roll. That was about all. However, we had already mentioned that Sting remains in Sting's role, right? Especially because of Speedos. However, here is the spin on that. So, the dirty fighting fade is frog slapped into an oblivion by Paul. But it's not actually Sting. It's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Guys, I'm not a judge. I mean, I appreciate In disguise. Very, very (laughs) much. Just hold up. Just wait. In disguise. You can continue, Tim, because I know you want to. I do. So he, so we've had Sting. He's been kept under a hood and his dialogue being dubbed over who doesn't have a ridiculous accent up until now. And we realize, like she said, it, it, we realize that it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. And in the ensuing fight, Floyd is frog slapped into oblivion, like she said, by Paul. Now, just remind you, Paul is Kermit the Frog. Now, he's not going to beat Jean-Claude Van Damme just physically. But there's going to be a rap battle a la Hamilton style there uh, that's been arranged by Lin-Manuel Miranda. So, yeah. So Jean-Claude Van Damme rap battle? That's what you're giving me? Yes. A Jean-Claude Van Damme rap battle against Kermit the Frog where Kermit the Frog eviscerates him uh, lyrically. Yes. I'm okay with that. I just want to see Van Damme try to rap. I think that's... (laughs) So... It'll be it'll be great. 
Nice. I would uh, have been better that, if I was a judge, guys. But uh, And then there's the finish, of course. Sure. The finish. Uh, we end with Paul ascending to the throne of the Empire uh, with Piggy by his side. They're now the sovereign rulers of the known universe. Um, and although there's eight more books to adapt, we're going to stop there because that just seems like a good place. I, um, I, uh, uh, yeah, I'll let the, the, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Max, Justin. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Uh, starting, uh, or you go ahead. You go ahead, Justin. But, no, I, I, you had something in the gun. Shoot it. You're good. Um, damn. Yeah. All right. I've got, I've got, uh, Hamilton playing Paul. Yes. Uh, and you said, uh, Alia's, uh, Billie Eilish. Yes. Uh, Baron Harkonnen is Meatloaf. Yes. The Emperor is played by Tim Curry. Yep. And uh, Fred Routha is Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yes, yes, Fred is Ed Sheeran. <laughs> okay, now go ahead and list off anyone not named. Uh, Anthony Stewart Head uh, is plays is plays Times, the professor guy who gets sent out in the you know. Uh, uh, go to your desert and die. He's that guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, Casey Lee Williams plays the princess. Uh, Leto is Bruce Dickinson. One sec, one sec, one sec. And while we go into and uh Chani, the love interest to Paul is uh Lizzie Hale. Which by the way, if you're doing a musical, having Lizzie Hale is pure genius. I yeah. freaking love her voice. I am I really like Dan's cast. I think he um I, I like that he mixed a little bit of modern and classic and um I, I I'm I'm in okay. And yeah, I, I have to get I have to give Dan props for for including Lizzie Hale and making the ginger Ed Sheeran an evil man. I think that's fantastic. Well done. Because he has no soul. <laughs> yep, soulless ginger. So, uh, sorry, ginger <laughs> listeners, we don't believe that. And Tim, hey, uh, speak for yourself, Justin. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and funny science fiction. All right, so I got uh, Patrick Stewart as Gurney Halleck. Yeah. Kermit is Paul. Miss Piggy is Chani. Sure. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, Piggy is yes, uh, the, the love interest. The princess. The princess. Love interest. Whoever. Princess. Yeah. Ch Chani's not the princess. Okay. Nobody Look, neither one of us made it past 30 minutes. We relied on a person with a head injury to write this for us, okay? There's a princess and a guy named Floyd. and. All right, so I got Paul's mom as Camilla the Chicken. Yes. Yes. All right, so Sting slash Jean-Claude Van Damme is who? Floyd Rotha. Oh, okay. Uh, Fred. Not Floyd. I said Rath. Floyd. Fade. I've always said Floyd. Leave me Fade. alone. Fade Routha. And I've, okay, and but... I said Fred. And the name is actually pronounced Fred. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> I, like, Fred. I am Fred totally down with that's Fred. Fine. We're good with Fred. <laughs> He's Floyd the Barber. It's a weird sentence, Tim. Floyd the Barber, too. That's down. All right. Sure. And then, uh, who is the eagle playing? Uh, <laughs> Super Howard. 
There, I'll what? I'll just help help you guys out there. The, the big dude with the <laughs> eyebrows. That's all I can remember. Guy. That's right. Super. Okay. So the I know it's written down somewhere. If you didn't give them the most ridiculous names, it would be easier to remember them. Well, I'm sorry, the... science fiction podcast people. regular names like Joe or Bob. There's been plenty of good sci-fi with regular names. Flash Gordon, he plays football in the American version. Okay. Well, we kind of walked face first into that one. We did. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I might have to dock you guys a couple points on that. But uh, all right, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Way to go, Kathleen. Well done. <laughs> There's obviously nothing in this for me. <laughs> <laughs> this was never for me. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, have have either of you read Dune? No. Yes. Like, okay. I did. All I, right, I, I, honestly. But I, in all in all transparency, I was like fourteen and didn't know better. So, no, actually, I I didn't actually mind the book. I thought uh, Herbert's writing is amazing. I just didn't think the movies transferred well. So that's just. Oh no no the movie's terrible but uh, that, that yeah, I was just just making sure there's some right to dance small heart. frame of reference <laughs> movie's awesome <laughs> right to dance heart. Uh, all right cool no I, dude, the thing is the thing is there's no middle ground with the dune movies you either like them or hate them there's nobody really sitting in the middle going yeah you know they're not yeah. that bad it's very divisive when it comes to the movie dune so yes i i would, I would definitely agree <laughs> yes. with that. uh, that's that's all the questions i got though Okay. Yeah, I, I only had questions around the names of the cast members, and Max, you covered that. So I'm <laughs> Honestly, with us, it was the general pick them up and put them there. Right. I oh, mean, I but you included my favorite one. The eagle guy with the eyebrows is one of my favorite Muppets. They, they Sam the Eagle is pretty fantastic. No, yeah. we're, we're, we're the two guys that, that um, sit in the balcony. Yeah, That's yeah, a good point. I, I really... I'm not sure where Stratler and Waldorf are, because I'd have to watch more of the movie to know where they fit. Uh, okay. Right. I'm docking you points for that sentence. <laughs> I know that there's someone making horribly snarky comments about the fact that they've been. We started at zero. Here's, here's the sad part of this. And through this pitch, we've now at negative twenty-five. <laughs> I know because Max is one of the judges that I'm going to lose. But now I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to lose to the people that didn't even watch the fucking movie. <laughs> Last time we get to be on the show. <laughs> You're only losing on principle, Dan. That's it. I mean... <laughs> we just right, barely got a participation trophy. It's okay. Campaign. Uh, why Dan cleans up the mess from his head exploding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So marketing. You know. So there's the the whole the famous quote from Dune is uh, young young Paul Atreides put your hand in the box. You know, or something along those. It's it's pretty close to that, but he, he's told to put his hand in the box. So I I thought about that, and I thought, well, who could sell a really cool Happy Meal where you have to put your hand in the box to get what you want? Well, you could say McDonald's because McDonald's is everywhere, and that's that's easy. But why not a company with the name Box already in the name, Jack in the Box? So. I thought it'd be cool to have Jack in the Box sell a Dune box that you have to put your hand in the box. And then there's also what's in the box from Seven. There is that, of course. Um, but that's a, that's another pitch for another time. Um, but you have to put your hand in the box 
in order to find out what's in there, you know, your food and, and everything else. I thought there'd be some, there could be some really cool play on that um, with, with Jack in the box. Mm -hmm. So all of our marketing going through Jack in the box, because you want American audiences to watch your movie, you feed them and they like fast food, but that's just, and it wasn't your average McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, Arby's type of thing. I wanted something right. that was a little bit, a little bit more different, but still played to the, exactly, the uh, put the hand in the box thing. So, Right. Uh, Taco Bell is used all the time in these. So uh, kudos for not choosing Taco Bell. Hey, look at us Yay. go. Hey, we're we might not get 20. points, we but five... we cut kudos. I, no, I'm saying we're giving us five more points back for that. We're at negative 20 now. So. <laughs> all right let me pull dan up see what his marketing is and we'll get right back to you guys in a second dan so as everybody knows the famous line from dune is what we've got here is failure to communicate so play it again for me sam <laughs> so you see i'm i'm just no I, actually um yeah we 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 want the soundtrack to, to get everywhere, to, to have marching bands playing it down down the fucking field at halftime. So uh, neither was yours, Tim. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, so so uh, uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna push that soundtrack huge. We gotta we gotta like recoup all of this money that we're spending to to buy that theater in Canada and everything else. So yeah, there's gonna be a giant marketing expenditure. Um, we're also probably gonna buy oil fields in Iraq since there's just gonna be like you know sand <laughs> there. So so we're just gonna go ahead and buy those fields and and and, and subsidize the 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 oil into gas to make more money so uh you, you can buy your 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 dune branded gas which will be great yes um yeah but it's not that movie kathleen let's <laughs> 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 see we're, we're actually gonna have decent cgi where, where we're gonna have footprints and people that can act and sing but uh yeah um yeah we're just gonna go straight happy meal with it you can you can like get lots of happy meals and build a sandworm and, and it just keeps growing and growing so you have to keep buying happy meals um yeah uh like you you got, you got to market it as like a once in a lifetime awesome audio video thing to go see it in the actual like theater theater with with the people actually singing so you got to push the shit out of that it's like, you know, Phantom of the Opera ran for, God, is it still running there? I'm not sure. But it was at least going for like 25 years. So, there you go. So, wait. If there's no middle ground on Dune, people either love it or hate it, does that mean that it's the original sequel trilogy? No. People <laughs> are just a, a lot more butthurt today than they used to be about fucking everything. That's true. Those are facts. Hashtag not my whatever. And, and <laughs> no. the Pantages Theater is actually now the Ed Mervish. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kathleen. I didn't care. I, didn't know I just, I just <laughs> know I went there once when the when the the, the chandelier fell down and it was cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I went and saw a Phantom in '97. I've never seen it. 
any incarnation of it. You make me kind of sad, Jason. But I, I plan on rectifying that. Which, <laughs> on another Rectum. show, when we're not about to figure out whether or not Dan actually beat us at this, I will talk about the reasons <laughs> that it was a problem that I went and saw Phantom in 97, but that's for a different time. How was that a problem? She was two. I was five. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Today on Make uh, Me Feel Old, Kathleen... Yeah, really. <laughs> I don't have any questions. The marketing was fairly straightforward. I, I mean, <laughs> oil fields. We're buying oil fields, Dan? Yes. Yes, we, well, we, we I mean, buying I, oil I think fields. The, I think the pull from the purchase of the oil fields is Dune Gas. That's yeah. the... I mean, you had to recoup the money for this thir well, yeah, $13 yeah, trillion. But, but dollar I was going to say, Dan obviously right, has right. no budget you, to his movie over there. You know how much money you can make off of that shit. You're just going to have to uh, like, you know, get somebody to sell it to you to begin with. <laughs> Just Saudi princes and you know the Dune production company coming. To this. See, we're gonna need to have this. He, Dan responded I mean, to one of the Saudi prince emails and suddenly can afford to make a movie. Yeah, yeah. see, the Nigerian <laughs> prince, we're gonna sell Dan Sand. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought right, Nigeria so. was in the jungle, but I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, is that everything? Wow. Judges, do you guys need a minute to figure out who you <laughs> want in each category to be a winner? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going to drop you guys out. Do you have any closing team. statements, Tim? I do. I have one closing That's, statement. That... <clears throat> Go ahead, Tim. Sorry. Okay. So, most importantly, even though we've had the assistance of Taika Watiti, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Patrick Stewart, Sting, the Muppets, JCVD getting frog slapped into oblivion, both physically and lyrically. That dude still sucks. It's a slow burn of stupid, and it'll never get better. All right. Anyway, I want to take a second <laughs> to jump on my soapbox here for a second. So I was watching Fast 9, and um, I was Why? like, you know what? John Cena could play Ernest. Like, look at that face. So, and Max brought it to my attention that... Um, you know, he couldn't play Ernest yeah. because, because he is so muscular. So I came up with a pitch to reboot Ernest. You guys yeah. ready for this? Ernest takes steroids. Boom. Done. <laughs> Million dollar idea. John Cena as Ernest. We fixed the whole muscular thing. I, I, I think it's a million dollar ID. Hollywood, send me all the money. I think Remo. John Cena in a Jean-Claude Van Damme biopic would be hilarious, though. No. Like, is, He's about 12 feet too tall for JCVD. I know. That's why it would be hilarious. Would it, would it honestly be a problem, though, if Ernest was played by him and had muscles? No. I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, no, no one's like, oh, no, this doesn't have Jim Varney. I can't <laughs> bother seeing that. I have, but yeah. Justin came up with a better title. Ernest goes to the gym. There yes. you go. That, that's yes. better. Yes. And this happen. You, you could have uh, John Cena do, do all the physical comedy you want because he's used to taking bumps. So, you know. Actually, you know what you could do instead of Ernest goes to the gym. There was already an Ernest goes to prison and make it yeah. where he goes in skinny, he comes out John Cena because you know he, his yard time was spent. Well, no, you know, Jim Barney walks like, in, John Cena yeah, yeah, walks yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. 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 Jim Barney. <laughs> I'd watch it. Like er, Ernest is no, you can't. Yeah. You can't have Ernest, John Ernest Cena goes play. to jail. Now John Cena could absolutely be Ernest's ripped cousin or whatever you know like there's, there's a small family resemblance there but he's like, also still Ernest his name is still Ernest yeah. 
<laughs> my brother Daryl. This my yeah, other brother Daryl. Yeah, yeah. Daryl. Daryl. Okay, Darryl. I'll I'll, I'll even Darryl. give you that, but he can't be like the Ernest. You know, he because Ernest is his own character. He's, he's that little guy, and and you, you know, he having him be John Cena is just too much. Like he, Ernest scared Ernest Cena. John Cena. It, it takes <laughs> away from the character. I gotta <laughs> say, I gotta say, I thought I was like the it. only person, but apparently this is on the internet everywhere. Like people, <laughs> people are on this train. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> people are running oh, a train. I hope. I was, I mean, yeah. I <laughs> well, the problem is you'd never be able to see him on the on the TV. Right. <laughs> John Cena as the invisible Ernest. All right, Justin. For pitch slash so story, yeah. who takes the win for you? Who gets your point? My point went to Dan because Dan, I, I feel like Dan's modus operandi is grand and epic. I think Dune deserves grand and epic. And the other pitch was just like, hey, we're putting Muppets into Dune, which I liked. I do like Muppets, <laughs> but like Grand and Epic seems to fit the Dune moda- modality much better, I think. Fair, uh, fair, fair. Uh, Max, who does your point go to? Uh, uh, begrudgingly, it goes to Dan. <laughs> oh. yeah. This hurts Max, by the way, Tim and Kevin. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> okay. I, I was picking up on that. If nothing Any, else. Anytime I, I get any kind of point from Max, it, it hurts. <laughs> just, if nothing else comes on, uh, from on... today, at least Dan gets points from Max. You should see him uh, on, on Shaolin Sofa well, when, when he kind of likes something, but he doesn't want to say it. And he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the book Dune, um, and I really feel like it, it never got a fair shake as far as the movie was concerned. So I, while I would not go to the theater theater to see the musical Dune attraction, I would like to see whatever three D movie miss that Dan puts out like that. I was interested in that. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to give that over the Muppets. I mean, I. The Muppets are okay. I'm just not a crazy huge Muppet fan. So, uh, unfortunately, my, my money's going to the giant oil fields in, <laughs> in Saudi Arabia <laughs> um, production. <laughs> yes. Fair, fair, fair. Now okay. Max yeah, just lost a very balanced breakfast of that picture. Yes. <laughs> just need everything else in the breakfast. <laughs> All right, everybody. Writer and director. Uh, Max, let's start with you. Who got your point? Leave the music out of it for now when we get to the cast and stuff. But for now, what's your writer and director? Okay. Uh, writer and director. I really like Taika Waititi and Hamilton. Um, so I, I, and it sucks, too, because like Taika Waititi is the... Like the only director I've ever <laughs> mentioned the last like five things we've uh-huh. done, but um, yeah, I gotta give it to him. I think that's uh, and it's still they can still do a great musical, um, you know, with with Dan's uh, Dan's whole thing. But uh, yeah, just, as far as just writer and director go, I will have to give it to Funny Science Fiction Office. Mr. Justin, if we're removing soundtrack, I'm gonna go the same as Maxon with uh, Funny Science Fiction. Because I, I I combined uh, the Lord of the Rings soundtrack with that with that pick. So, but go ahead. Sorry, but no, I'm going with fantasy science fiction. Then, if we're removing soundtrack, mm-hmm. safe soundtrack for a tiebreaker. What is 
your favorite cast, Justin? Uh, mine is going into uh, funny science fiction with the Muppets because I said I love Muppets. And I love the idea of pushing the Muppets into Dan's plot. Just like force-feeding Dan plot into Muppet cast. I think that would be a lot of fun. I mean, I'm okay with that. I feel like together we actually would make a good Dune movie. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dan actually fucking cares about Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Dan cares enough about Dune to, to, to take our stupidity and go, no. <laughs> I can make that work, but no to the rest of it. Uh, oh, Matt, good God. Who, who is your cast? Fucking Dan. Jesus. <laughs> is that I your answer? Meatloaf. Fucking Dan? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, even though, so, so. Wait, hold on. So hold on. Fucking Who's fucking Dan? Somebody, I'm sure. Now, now, Hamilton, Hamilton is going to have to direct and star in this movie, which is fine. Uh, but <laughs> poor guy, Hamilton. But I mean, Tim Curry, fucking uh, Bruce Dickinson, like uh, Billy Eilish casting. I think that's just really good casting. Meatloaf. Uh, I, I just want to see Meatloaf with all the all the the, the gunk on his face. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like I'm down for that. God damn it. <laughs> I'm very if nothing upset. else. I'm I don't very care. Upset if, right now. I don't even care if I lose. I'm enjoying Max flipping out about having to give Dan points. Yeah, <laughs> this is very it's enjoyable. Fucking terrible. That's it a win. Feels it, awful. It's a this win. Is great <laughs> win. All right. Even if I lose, I'm winning this. Ugh. Right. I agree, Tim. Max, we are going terrible. to you. Uh, what was your favorite I, marketing? I, I mean. I, even though Dan had the better marketing, I want to give it to Funny Science Fiction just to not have to give <laughs> the break the monotony of you picking Dan stuff. Uh, no, I'm gonna have to go with Dan. Um, I really love the idea of Dune Gas um, because you know, like, it, 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 it speaks to the better metaphor of like gas being the spice that you know like, yeah, that yeah, they yeah. Uh, they ship out on Dune, and um, also uh, the um, the additive. Happy Meal, where you have to keep on buying Happy Meals, is, is like marketing genius. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to give it to Dan on that one. So I, Dan was obviously my winner of this this uh, this remake. God damn it! <laughs> uh, we lost no book and pen guy. Oh no! All right, come, come, come back, book and pen. Come back. Uh, back my marketing, I, I, the same thing. I mean, because. Funny Science Fiction gave us uh, a Happy Meal esque type of thing with Jack in the Box, but Dan did as well, and he added uh, oil. And I think oil is important for every American. <laughs> and who likes uh, Jack in the Box? <laughs> I like Jack in the Box. Well, it's like, fine. Jack, Jack in the Box is fine, but it's like only on the West Coast. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, speak up, Tim. <laughs> hashtag not my marketing. <laughs> Don't look at me. What? It wasn't me. That's the two of you. <laughs> no, that was me. That's <laughs> I, I was pretty adamant about Jack in the Box. I'm like, we're putting Jack in the Box in this because they're putting their hand in a box over there. We're putting their hand in a box over here. It's, it's I appreciate how it came out. going to give us points. Tim, That's not Tim. even the most important part of the film. 
It's not minutes, how, how, how's this? How about how about you make Jack in the Box boxes, but they have like sandworm faces, and you put your hand in it and oil inside, or yeah, yeah, and, and oil inside it. It smells like cinnamon. It just you, you call your ketchup Jack oil spice. Is not is not uh, they're not big enough. For me, so I'm like, I, I appreciate what you did with the Jack in the Box, but if they were a bigger, you know, if they were at least a, a Wendy's level, yeah, and I knew that going into restaurant. it, they weren't big enough, but <laughs> I, um, but uh, yeah, I, I really think that the Dune gas is just the best thing. <laughs> well, clearly, we didn't understand the assignment, I didn't know we were supposed to go out and buy out like Dubai. You had all that. I mean, literally, you didn't understand the assignment because you didn't watch the movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I chose not. No, I chose not to punish myself. Science fiction podcast that can't can't watch the science fiction movie. I mean, no, no, we like science fiction, but we like it to be good. So we see see no reason to punish ourselves. That's like like saying, hey, I should sit down and watch a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. That's not going to happen either. I've already lost this, so I'm going all in. I mean, (laughs) I watched watched Gone with the Wind, so I have no sympathy for you. Yeah. Uh, I had to sit through that. In all transparency, in all transparency, we've known about this whole remake revolution thing for months months and we literally <laughs> did this yesterday <laughs> we may have Mac, we, we may have taken a page out of notebook and pen guys uh way to do this because we mm-hmm. saw his example the last time we were on and he's like nah i don't need prep time i'll just do it and we kind of waited till the last minute to do the same thing so. it was the <laughs> textbook group project that you got an extension and you still did it the night before <laughs> i gotta ask the other this morning <laughs> Did uh did you guys do the work? Did you guys make John do all the work? Yeah. He only did the the pitch storyline part for us because he actually knew the storyline. Yeah, we we, <laughs> bounced, we bounced we bounced ideas off of each other. We helped John with the story, but uh, you know, what about doing it like this with this guy? What about that with that guy? And um, but yeah, thank I, you, I, John. Tim, that's not the worst marketing. John and I we uh, we did remake Revolution for Weekend at Bernie's. So for our marketing pitch, we pitched. Funerals at dinner. <laughs> oh my god! You bad. know, pancakes would make funerals better. That's what I'm saying. Who doesn't want Denny's? Yeah, like five ninety nine for like a truck. Or or this is the death of Denny's. You can look at it either no, way. I, no, I can just envision myself <laughs> sitting there going, "Poor Uncle Paul." And yes, I'd like the moons over my hammy with, uh, <laughs> with the side of orange juice. Can we get yeah, that and Extra pulp because that's what that's what Uncle Paul would have wanted. Dan has been waiting to win one of these for quite some time, so I'm going to kick Dan off into a solo camera. Dan, the soapbox is all yours. Yeah, you really didn't prep him at all. Yeah, I won the thing, and now I I love the deer in the headlights look. He was so scared, like, oh god, I'm by myself. He's like, it would be exciting if I had won to somebody who actually cared. Yeah, yeah, really. Like, I think that's this is just like this is bottom of the barrel. Like, like you know, like hey, we did. Here's your participation trophy. Exactly. We we just added Muppets to shit, and we pronounced everything wrong. (laughs) You win now. Welcome, welcome to your fifth grade field day participation yeah, trophy. This is great. <laughs> you won oh, you versus win, the kid though, who fell and broke their ankle. Yeah. You, you <laughs> won for showing up. Well done, you. But, but 
thanks for all those points, Max. It was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if nothing else, I'm going to take the victory of making it so that Max had to give Dan so many points. <laughs> that, that's fine. You're a jerk. Fine. Hey, you're out here. You get it now. This is. Max Whoa, is that, that was almost uh, Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Max's head is exploding, so I went with the nuclear blast in the background for the rest oh. of the show. Can't but tell. it's okay Can't because Harrison Ford is sitting there. My head is exploding. I just hate myself. That's all. <laughs> it's okay. You'll get over it. Well, now I got to get with we'll George see. and show him some real good. No, 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 no. Abort, abort. I'll do it. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> that was already been host, done, hasn't it? As a host of the Three Geeks podcast that does panels where we discuss comic book movies, I have subjected myself to some of the worst comic book movies of all time, just so I have them in my back pocket to discuss. You guys, as a host of a science fiction movie. Or podcast, you guys should at least have uh, Battlefield Earth in your back pocket. Yeah, I don't do a science do. podcast, and so I, I don't ever have I, to watch that. I do. I have seen it. I will never watch it again. And I will. I, I it, that is the the film that need not be named. It started as that bad. Scientology oh. based, right? Is yeah. that Scientology well, based? Yeah, that one, based, that, one, that, that one also didn't make the list of the ten worst movies. No. Uh, George likes that one. <laughs> yeah, what the hell, Which George? Which is amazing. Oh yeah. Battlefield oh, Earth yeah. game. Man. You put three amigos <laughs> on the list, but you're like, yeah, Battlefield Earth. That's still cool. That's a winner. Yeah, I mean. I Battlefield the, Earth and Waterworld did not make your top ten. But, yeah. Waterworld shouldn't. Battlefield Water Earth World, it, No, yeah. Waterworld is not in the top ten worst movies. Ah. I mean, like, it's it's bad, but I wouldn't. I don't know. I have fun watching that movie. I, I, I mean, when I was a kid, I, I, I honestly had like fun watching Battlefield Earth because there, there's John Travolta is just like eating every scenery ever made in that movie. Like, <laughs> before you learn to spell your name, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking. Oh awful. man, there are very few movies. <laughs> watch that movie yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> you know. What movies do you like John Travolta in, Tim? Uh, Face Off. I thought he's really good in that. <laughs> uh, I think he's really good in it's it's a movie that didn't get a lot of love, but I thought he was the perfect bad guy in Punisher the, uh, with Thomas yeah. Jane. Oh, yeah. No, you were very wrong. It's a okay. wow. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he did a really good job as the bad guy. I thought um, he did a really good job in Hairspray. He did a fantastic job in Hairspray. I've actually never watched Old Hairspray fiction. because Mainly, it's a musical and you not. hate musicals. Well, th there you go. That's why. Um, <laughs> oh, but the but the little fat girl gets everything, and it's it's nice, that's, and that's fine. <laughs> what? Kudos should, to her. You should speak to um, the little fat girl inside of you, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the Tim fat guy on the outside the doesn't care. <laughs> so. But but I think he really does. <laughs> no, not really. So <laughs> this is something that I think needs to come to the pop culture addicts is making Tim watch musicals. And, and just like that, the pop culture addicts have disappeared. We need to talk like, about the, the influence of like, musicals on pop culture, Tim. Just like that, pop mm. culture addicts became the one <laughs> pop culture addict, and he does not watch musicals. <laughs> tell you what, when you cover a musical, I'll, I'll come on and, and, and we'll make Tim watch it. Actually, That's Tim, funny. in honor of you not liking musicals, Dan and I will do the rest of the podcast in musical format. No. <laughs> that I Nobody would stick around that. to watch. 
I mean, I have my own leave button. Nobody but I'll watch that. Own leave button. <laughs> Thank everybody for tuning in to the See, it's funny to me is part of Tim's issue with musicals is the why are you doing it in song and dance? Couldn't you just say it? And it's like no, but I don't. I mean, why 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 are you acting when you're not doing it in real life? I mean, that doesn't make any damn sense. Okay, but why? In my world, in my world, I have a soundtrack all the time. How do you guys not just constantly hear music? No, I I, 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 there's there's a difference between having a soundtrack and having some dude walk up to. I've never had a customer walk in the door of my shop and be like. I need a four foot by eight foot sign today. You know, that where's never happens. Yeah, where's the shot? Where's where's shot? Where's where's shot? Where's I'm not, they roll in. For like. that point alone, Dan, I'm not telling you. But anyway. <laughs> I will. But, Guys, you know, the thing is. We're in Michigan uh, next the, month. There are, there are different. There's differences between suspending disbelief because it's science fiction or suspending disbelief because it's it's a rom-com or, or some, whatever it may be. Between that and it being a musical you don't see people in everyday life walking around and singing to each other and dancing on, on, you know, all around, you know, pumping gas and be like, I'm so happy. That doesn't happen. But it would not be better. It would not. Oh God, no, it'd be horrible. Because most look, here's the thing. I'm not saying I have a beautiful singing voice. I don't. But what I am saying is that most people can't carry a tune in a bucket, and I don't want to hear those people singing. Well, who carries tunes in buckets, Tim? Yeah, really. <laughs> I think you're, you're you're just making like some a, a, a wall wherever you want there, because you know, like I could say, want, he doesn't like musicals. It's okay yeah. to not like musicals. <laughs> exactly. You want to have a soundtrack playing no, in your life no. at all times? That's fine. It's, Go for it. I'm down with music. So Do it. But um, musicals, <laughs> yeah, no. It's fine if you don't like musicals. I'm just saying, like, trying to I- explain why you... We're just telling you why you're like wrong. Music. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 no, that part is wrong. I don't feel like... To- I don't feel like Tim is trying to explain why people should like musicals. He's explaining why he doesn't like musicals. Yeah, and I don't that's care. Totally if you, fine. If you love musicals, <laughs> is it more power? More power to you. I don't really care. I'm just telling you that they're <laughs> heinous and awful and shouldn't be. Made. <laughs> Man, shots fired. Unless, unless it's a musical with Muppets, and I get to see Jean Van Jean Claude Van Damme get slapped, then I'm down for it. I sit down and watch that. Um. As as a person who hates most things, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't hate. Music. He does hate most things. Yes, he does hate most Tim, things. I'm, I, I'm with you, man. Just hate it if you want to hate it. Like there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> don't let them fucking tell you any different. No, it's not. Hate, hate, Trust me. hate, hate. I've yeah, developed this. It's taken me 44 years to develop this mentality. It's not changing by. It's not changing tomorrow. So. Well, that's sad. Good man. I yeah. don't know. At one Fight point, you hated Clone Wars, and you came around to that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep no. pushing it. Keep pushing it. <laughs> Pod racing? What? I just, <laughs> I, I, I just like I, I don't feel like you know it's called Star Wars and war is actually terrible and, and like I don't think it should be for kids. You know, like that's that's my problem with the Clone Wars is like there's a lot of stuff in there that's just for kids. And the problem and is all Star is Wars is made for kids. <laughs> if you want to be honest, but movie every movie every company. Star Wars movie show. Everything is is designed with kids in mind. Yeah, as you have to start with that with that basis. So the fact that they made cartoons about wars is kind of par for the course. They made cartoons about Ewoks and droids. 
Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff can go. And then there's video games uh, with homicidal homicidal Ewoks that (laughs) Yes. So I'm bringing back um, uh, Van Damnation. John Claude dropped the new uh, movie, or yeah, new movie on Netflix, and I'm going to invite Tim to come on with me, and I think that'll be a lot of fun. I will find Tim and I will do the only Van Damme movie that's like super popular amongst critics I don't feel and so like forth. Star Wars is when, when did you want to do that? We'll do JCVD together. When and, did you want to uh, do that? Uh, like, I'll give you a month. I'll I'll be busy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> see, we just we just got got pretty interesting like six minutes before we go off air. <laughs> Somebody just said, "I don't uh, think Star well, Wars is for kids," and I, I I could like jump all over that, but uh, no. But I'm like, Star Wars no, I'm just kids. saying, just yeah. for kids. No, but but like, there. I'd say Star Wars is for teenagers, maybe, but not for kids. Like the dude, George the dude's parents get like. Get, I don't think so. Like, I, 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 I disagree. I don't feel like the first three Star Wars movies, or the first two, we'll go with the first two Star Wars movies, are, are for kids. Like, when you introduce Ewoks, yes, now it is for kids. I, I 100% understand that. But I don't feel like the first two Star Wars movies are just for kids. Like, yeah, there's stuff that kids enjoy in them, but it's not for kids. I, I, I didn't, I didn't see that. So I, that's. Well, I'm that's, taking a quote from guess, Lucas himself. I got, I got, that's why I, I said that. Uh, All okay. right, everybody, well, welcome okay. to the Three Geeks podcast. Well, Lucas said a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> I want to uh, thank everybody for tuning in and checking out our show. We Nobody love everybody guy. out there in our audience. <laughs> Check out the perfect 10 tonight, even though I don't know necessarily that George's list will be perfect, but we'll find out. You know, We don't, we don't know. And... Um, Check out opinion. Kathleen it's and Tim at Funny thing. Science Fiction. You can find me in the comments section of all of their videos. Um, giving Tim the same kind of crap we gave Tim today. T- Tim fun. is one of my favorite people in podcasting, so it's all out of love. And uh, check out their show, Pulp Culture Addict and Funny Science Fiction <laughs> and Focused on Ford and everything else that's coming on. And you can find them with us next month at Monroe Pop Fest. And from all of us at the Three Geeks Podcast, everybody, enjoy this closing segment that I pulled just for Tim. Good night. Oh boy. Oh, oh, name, eh? Max, are you going to recycle the droids? Uh, He's yeah, over yeah, it. I guess He's over it. He's angry. How many times do we have to go over this? Turkey is a very I'm real country. Studios. I can't believe it. <laughs> Everything is great. Everything is grand. I got the whole wide world in the palm of my hand. Everything is perfect, it's falling into place I can't seem to wipe this 